0: Episode 33, children grown up in nature are more intelligent. Welcome to Thriving with Nature, a podcast that gives you the tools you need to live a modern lifestyle that helps regenerate our planet. And now your host, Hayley Weatherburn. Hello, Thrivers, and welcome to this week's episode. Oh, I wish I could show you where I am right now. I am in the beautiful rainforest here in Bali, Indonesia. I'm up in the southern end of the mountain called Batukaru and it's called the area, this area is called Saranbuana. And I'm looking out of the windows in my brick cabin And there's windows on every, it's like glass right round and all every area is like a painting of like, there's bamboo to the sides. There's a sort of a plant that is clinging to another plant. We've got vines up here. We've got beautiful tropical birds flying around. Hopefully you can hear some of those birds at the moment tweeting. And I have a view down the jungle valley with tops of coconuts coconut trees the leaves it's just lush and green and as the valley goes down I can see down just in the distance there I can see Kuda you know the flat areas of Bali which is very cool so I'm very privileged I hope I'm if you're stuck somewhere inside and you're just craving the outdoors or you're maybe you're driving in some kind of traffic or yeah I'm bringing Bali jungle to you from where, where wherever you are in the world so I hope that I hope you enjoy that. Today's topic is an interesting one I want to share with you. I read an article yesterday called Children Raised IQ. So it's in The Guardian. I'll make sure I put a link in the show notes. And it shows the analysis of more than 600 children aged 10 to 15 showed a 3% increase in the greenness of their neighborhood raised their IQ score by an average of 2.6 points. And that was across both richer and poorer areas. They say there is already significant evidence that green spaces improve various aspects of children's cognitive development. But this is the first research to examine IQ the cause is uncertain, but may be linked to lower stress levels, more play and social contact or quieter environment. Well, I think there's something more to that. It inspired me. and actually reminded me of a chapter and actually a, another book. So Anastasia, we all know that I refer to this quite regularly <laughs> and all my fellow Anastasia lovers, hello. In the first book, chapter 13, it's called A Helper and Mentor for Your Child. And it's the first sort of introduction as to the importance of when you're raising children to raise them in nature. You know, it's almost like put them on the grass and let them just sort of have a look around and it automatically starts their brain asking questions like, what is this tiny little bug? Oh my gosh, it's crawling, the grass, the wind, the sun. It starts to activate their brain in a way that can help develop them in a long term, according to what Anastasia is talking about. And she talks about those children that are, they're grown up inside, they're given plastic toys, there's not, you know, looking at a plastic toy, it doesn't have the multi-layered elements of, you know, even a square foot of nature of grass can give you so many dimensions. You know, the sun, the water, the wind, the earth, what's in the earth, the microbes, the bugs, the different plants that are growing, the why is that growing and that one's not? What's happening to that one? You know, there's like already in just a foot of nature, there is so many questions for that child to start contemplating as a, as a young child. You know, we all look at little babies and they're just looking around with their big bright eyes, just trying to take in the world. And when they're in nature, there's what Anastasia talks about is there's this opportunity for that cognitive growth to really accelerate. Whereas if a lot of the Western world just can accidentally go right through until then, you know, eight or nine before they really step out into nature and almost have a fear and be completely feel separated, separate from it and afraid of bugs maybe. And, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting. And it's interesting that this article comes in, you know, every now and then I find these articles that start to show evidence of what, Anastasia was talking about. But let me read to you the last couple of paragraphs of this particular chapter. it's, It's obviously better to have read the whole thing, but this might give a little bit of context. She said, it's not just a matter of having a knowledge and feeling about what grows and how. The main thing is that the child is starting to think, analyze, and cells are awakening in his brain, which will operate throughout his life. They will make him brighter and more talented compared to those whose corresponding cells are still dormant. As far as civilized life goes, is what you call progress, he may well turn out to be superior in any field of endeavor, all the more so since the purity of his thought will make him an exceptionally happy person. The contact he has established with his planets and of course the gardens will allow him to constantly take in and exchange more and more information. The incoming messages will be be received by his subconscious and transmitted to his consciousness in the form of many new thoughts and discoveries. Outwardly, he would look like everyone else, but inwardly, this is, this is the kind of man, human, you would call a genius. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's this amazing idea that just introducing your child with some outdoor activity... Um, in nature really can help provoke that mental growth. And that's something that this article says. So it actually says at the end here, I'm not sure why general intelligence should be improved by these things. My guess is the intelligence measures are really picking up a child's ability to concentrate and stick to it at a task, which has been shown in green space studies before if anything the study might help us move away from seeing intelligence as innate it could be influenced by environment and i think that is much more healthy so yeah but what what brings me there's a connection here so we're still we still don't really know too much why this iq looks like it's it's going anastasia has her theory her hypothesis anastasia has her hypothesis what I want to introduce is another email I received. I received it from the Ringing Cedars. So these are this is Vladimir Megras' business, who wrote the Anastasia Anastasia books. I received an email just recently that is really really interesting, and it talks about how the different aspects of plants and the fact that plants are beyond a more alive on a conscious level, than we may first think. So it talks about, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven different examples it shows of how plants have a bit more of a consciousness than we think. So the first thing is plants are not indifferent. And there was an experiment done where the plants were, they were measuring the plant's reactions and the plants was feeling the pain of another being. So when an, an egg was cracked or dropped, the plant actually felt, you know, that the, what are they called? I'm, I'm moving my hands around the um, squiggly lines, the measuring devices, <laughs> was registered that it felt pain. Then they also, in its vicinity, started to boil shrimp, which sounds torturous, but the, and the plant responded to that again, showing showing the pain. So it shows that plants are not indifferent. They're sensing outside themselves. Plants can be afraid. Plants understand. So there was an experiment done where as this plant was growing, they started poking one particular side with thorns, breaking off some bits on just one particular side. And eventually the plant decided to grow a different way. So plants understand It has been proven many times that plants are able to perceive words addressed to them. Back in the last century, I'm just reading part of the email here, the famous American botanist L. Burbank created a new variety, simply talked with the plant for a long time. For example, to create a variety of thornless cactus, he repeated many times to the shoots, you don't need thorns, you have nothing to fear, I will protect you. And this was his only method. But the variety previously known for its thorns began to grow without thorns and passed on this property to its offspring. Isn't that amazing? Like, it's a fact that it's like, it's amazing. It's understanding. And whether it's literally understanding the words we're saying or the frequency of the words, you know, what they mean are create a certain frequency and the plants are receiving that. It's pretty amazing. Another one was plants comprehend So plants also comprehend. Back in 1959, an article by V. Karmanov with the Prozac title, The Use of Automation, Cybernetics, and Agriculture, was published in the Reports of the Academy of Sciences of the USSR. The article described the experiments in the Laboratory of Biocybernetics of the Institute of Agrophysics of the Academy of Sciences, of the USSR. Sensitive devices were installed in the Institute's greenhouse which noted that when the soil dries out the bean shoots that grew there began to emit pulses in low frequency range. The researchers tried to consolidate this connection. As soon as the devices perceived such a signal, a special device immediately turned on watering. Judging by the results due to this, the plants developed a kind of conditioned reflex. As soon as they needed watering they immediately gave a signal. Moreover, the plants soon developed a watering regime for themselves without human intervention. Instead of plentiful one-time watering, they chose the most optimal option for themselves and turned on the water every hour for two minutes. How amazing is that? The plant learnt how to request the water and then create the most optimal watering process for themselves. Isn't that just amazing? I find that absolutely amazing. Plants also remember, so they'll, they'll grow away from so harm, so they, the experiment was they started to poke and prod and damage one side of this plant and so the plant started to grow away from that area because they knew that that area was dangerous. Plants can transmit signals to one another, warning, I've talked about this before, the mycelia in forests. There would be so much mycelia, fungi, that's connecting all this forest right around me and a, a plant that is connected here to fungi could be connected to another plant across the way. And so it's this you know, information highway of the plants and what happens is plants, if there's one plant that's getting danger, maybe a monkey starts eating some of the the plant or starts to break something, it will send a signal out and often there's defense mechanisms that other plants do will turn on because they're like, okay, there's danger near, I need to turn this on. So they communicate and warn one another. And finally, the most romantic part is plants love. There was a ficus that fell in love with a particular girl, the, the girl that would clean its leaves and it would light up every time this girl would come into the room. And it even registered when she was flirting with another man, it registered jealousy on these scientific documents. So the reason why I wanted to talk about that in regards to the same aspect of children raised in greener areas have a higher IQ, what is going on with that connection of children could be even far beyond what we're imagining you know the older trees the trees would sense you know this young child maybe they send out some signals I know forest bathing for example when I go walking under the forest I can feel the energy cleaning my energy the International Academy of Consciousness talks about the most pure energy comes from like trees and plants and it helps clean your energy. We can sort of have our messed up energy that's filtered from our thoughts and other people's thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So when you're out alone in nature, it cleanses and creates this pure energy. So again, it cleans the energy for the children. So, I mean, it's nothing new to say, you know, spending time in nature is amazing for you, but to see that it can raise your IQ, to see that the plants are these almost conscious beings that, you know, all, they want the best for their, their whole system and, and we are part of that. And so in a way they'd be looking out for us as well. So yeah, anyway, it's an interesting thought. I wanted to share it with you. I will put a a link to the article, Children Raised in Greener Areas of Higher IQs. And if you have any questions about any of the other things, please feel free to connect. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Pop into the show notes on the website. There'll be a link directly to the website where you can add your comments. Yeah, but thanks again for listening from wherever you are in this world. I will be signing off from the Bali jungle and I will see you all next week. Have an amazing day. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to my podcast, remember to subscribe to hear more. You also have to come check out the Living Supplement Garden, a garden that reads your individual's body's condition and grows the substances it requires to move towards optimal health and potentially healing your ailments. When we align with nature, we thrive with nature. I'd love to have you join myself and others as we discover the magic of nature together and strive to heal both ourselves and our planet. Go to thrivingwithnature.com.